you're listening to The Tactical Kitchen. I'm Melody Behrens, certified chef and nutritional therapy practitioner. And I'm Steve Behrens, 21-year special operations veteran and certified personal trainer. Together, we are here to share our experience on the ketogenic lifestyle. Don't forget our disclaimer. This podcast is for general information only and should not be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We're not doctors, and we don't play them on the internet. Now, let's get ready to chew the fat. Mmm, bacon. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Tactical Kitchen Show, episode number 46. I like that you're getting it out immediately. Boom. I wrote it at the top of the page so I couldn't miss it. (laughs) I know. Because how many times have we forgotten to say what episode it is? And then, you know, I got that thing a while back from iTunes saying, don't put the hashtag in the, and then the number. They were like, we don't like that. I think everybody does it though. So I know they weren't singling us out, but it was just like a blanket (laughs) email that was talking about how you... How you title your podcast right. matters. And it was some helpful, I guess, tips from them. So I don't put the number in it anymore. Ignore them. Just ignore those people. You know, I thought about it, and then I thought, what do they know about podcasting? <laughs> they don't. They know nothing. We've been doing this for a year. Yeah, we're on, we're on <laughs> we're episode o- forty six, man. And what we said was we've been doing this for over a year, but we only have forty six episode yeah 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 you guys do the math figure out how lazy we are i don't do math it's afternoon and i'm still not doing math right now (laughs) all right so uh we're going to talk a little bit about some of the stuff we did this last week um uh melody had some sleep things she wants to talk about i did i had some sleep things but the first thing i want to say is that if we have to suddenly jump up oh (laughs) (laughs) we have a, a our dog luke the golden doodle, he got outside with the cat and they decided to eat grass together. I don't know why. He's such a, co- he is the copycat. Like she was nibbling on some grass. He decided to mow it down like a cow and just eat a bunch of it. Yeah. So he, he thinks if the cat does it, then why can't I? And apparently he overdid it because it, th- this morning <laughs> he's got the runny poops and uh, he's farting. Okay, it's so funny because when you have an 80-pound dog and they go out to poop, they just look ridiculous anyway. <laughs> and he looks so, like, embarrassing. But then this morning, I let him out. And when he went to go out, nothing was happening. And all of a sudden, from the back door, way out in the backyard, I heard his fart. <laughs> and he jumped because... He is so scared of everything. He jumped at his own fart, and then he did it again earlier. So he's got rumbly stomach things going on. He's thrown up. So the I guess the the moral to the story is grass is poison. Don't eat grass. Unless you're a cow or a ruminant. He's not a all ruminant. I, all I can think about is uh, when Robert De Niro did the Saturday Night Live skit. For all the terrorist names, and one of them was Ben Fartine. Yeah. <laughs> That's Luke today. Luke Fartine. Yeah. <laughs> Luke is Fartine. So we might have to do an emergency pause and, and run outside. Oh, my gosh, because he gets this weird thing where he has to sit right next to me 
Like, and he looks all pitiful and he's shaky. Yeah. So he ate too much grass, but I knew it yesterday when I looked over at him and he was just like, nom, 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 just chomping on grass. It was all hanging out of his mouth. And I, I don't know why he did that. You know, that, that uh, reminds me of thinking about, we always talk about how people figured out, you know, things to eat. And, and there are, there are thousands and thousands of plants, but there's only a few, you know, plants that you can actually eat. Right. So uh, throughout the history, being that one guy that had to try this plant, I know. You know. Let Joe do it. Let Joe do it. Hey, eat a little bit of this. Tell me how you feel later. Oh, he's dead. Oops. I know. That's probably how Luke feels because the cat wasn't really eating grass. He just thought she was. Right. And he copies everything she does, which mm-hmm. is funny. And now he's sick. And now he's sick. And that goes to show he is not a vegetarian or a vegan. No, he's not. Dogs are supposed to eat meat. Yeah. Like humans. Yeah. Or you get the scary farts that scare you. It was so funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway. Okay. So, but he didn't wake us up in the middle of the night, which he has done before. Um, so that was not a sleep issue, but there's other oh, sleep, sleep issues. Okay. I've had this issue for a while now. <laughs> it's starting to get ridiculous. It'll get really bad. And then like for a week, I'll think, oh, it's over. I can sleep now. I fall asleep normally. I sleep all night. I'm getting my eight hours and that I really like to get, and it's awesome. And then the next week, something will happen, and I'll lay down, and I literally cannot shut down. And it's so frustrating. And I know other people probably have experienced this. Well, I'm a 47-year-old female, so I think that has something to do with it. <laughs> but... You know, a lot of people have sleep issues. There could be many reasons that you could all of a sudden encounter some uh, sleep issues. Like one of them is if you start exercising a lot, yeah, you're you could you could have some restless or not so great sleep, which it seems counterintuitive. It. What were you reading about that? You were trying to tell me the other day, and I was doing something. Well, apparently, uh, exercise and sleep, they, they compete against each other for time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like, if you exercise quite a bit, it's not, you know, you think that I'm tired, I'll, I just go to sleep. Sometimes um, your body is working, so just, it's working so hard to recover, sometimes it actually will interrupt sleep. Yeah, the overtraining or overreaching, whatever you want to call it. Right. I know there's a difference between the two, but that's... Well, there's when, when you start talking about, you know... Um, Sleep, there's quality of sleep and not enough sleep, and they're two different. One of them is training by volume and it's training by intensity. Yeah. So you can be training too much volume or you could be training too hard. What if you're doing all the above? You're doing it volume <laughs> and intensity all together? Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, because I started, I get out there and I want to do so much stuff. Yes. I just want to, I can do pull-ups now and I like want to do pull-ups all the time. Mm-hmm. And then I can, I've increased my deadlift, my... All my lifts are increasing except for the snatch. I hate that one because I'm just slow at it. But I get out there and I try so hard and I get, I end up working out probably too long. And then that night I'll have sleep trouble. But it's, it's really difficult to figure out because mm-hmm. the thing that happens is whatever you're doing works until it doesn't work. <laughs> right. And all of a sudden you're like, I was sleeping fine, and now I'm not sleeping fine. So if you're like us, who we often do a lot of things, you're like, well, I added magnesium or different magnesium. Was that it? Did I, did I do too long of a run? Did I lift too much weights? Um, did, I, did I not wear my blue blocker glasses watching TV? I know. There's so I, many variables that you can think about. Well, 
and you know, and and hormonal changes, and sometimes it's you're doing everything right. Mm-hmm. Like I pulled back a little bit on some working out, and then you try to cut back on your caffeine, and like notice I said cut back because I didn't <laughs> say cut out. Let's not I'm go not to extremes. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and I know some people would say, "Why don't you just cut out your coffee and see if that helps?" Well, maybe. But let's not get crazy. We haven't gotten to that point yet, okay? And it's been, you know, last week was probably one of the worst weeks I've had where it was every night I would lay down. And we go to bed early. We go to bed relatively early. We're in bed by 10 o'clock. By 10 o'clock, usually. You know, I think last night we were, I, I turned the light off at like 10.30. Because Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we did stay up and watch Game of Thrones. We because did do that. Game of Thrones. But we're we're Central Time, so it didn't really. It comes on at eight. It's not a big deal for well, us. Well, we watched the. You know, we did a little recap because you know it's been so long. I'm like, I don't remember what happened. You know, <laughs> know. who is he related to? You know, Jon Snow is who? Who is who is this person to him? I don't. Man, it's so confusing sometimes. I know. And then when it's two years between seasons, you're like, I don't remember what happened. Well, it seems like two years. It does. So we had to do a little recap, but we did. We we stayed up and watched that, which wasn't late. We still got to bed, and last night wasn't too bad. Um, Saturday night, I slept great, which was like wonderful. Well, and then and that's because we went out of town, so we went to San Antonio for a friend of mine's retirement, and uh, we did that, and we stayed up a little later, and then of course you're sleeping in a, in a hotel bed, and it was not awesomely comfortable. So I think we were both. Saturday night, just wiped out from, I was. The, from the drive, from poor sleep, all that stuff. I was very tired, and we talked to so many people. And when you talk constantly, when you're talking to people, you kind of you kind of get tired because you're mentally engaged the oh, whole yeah. time. And um, so I slept really good that night. But all the whole rest of the week, it was like two o'clock in the morning before my brain actually shut down. And I'll I'll kind of describe, and maybe somebody out there has had this experience. I get sleepy. Mm-hmm. At about 8.30, 9 o'clock, and I'm tired. And I'm like, ah, I'm getting sleepy. Yay, I'm going to be able to go to sleep. And then we get ready for bed, and by the time I lay down, and you know, I even read for a little while, and then I close my eyes, we, you turn off the light, and boom. It's like my brain switches on. Mm. And I think there's some, I think I've developed a little bit of anxiety around going to bed. Yeah, that happens to a lot of people. Yes. And so, what do you do when you start developing the anxiety about sleep? Because I feel like, gosh, I'm not, I'm not overeating sugar. I'm not eating sugar. (laughs) You know, I'm not in a situation with blood sugar dysregulation, I think, because I test it and it seems fine. But what happens when I lay down and all of a sudden my brain switches back on like I just had a full cup of coffee mm-hmm. and I'm ready to work. So, yeah. And that happens to a lot of people that you hear that very often is they, they lay down and their brain is rolling like they're, they're, they're thinking of stuff. Um, and I know a lot of people who will get out of bed and they'll go and they'll just they'll just start writing down whatever they're thinking about just really to get it out of their head. Yes. And I've done that. <laughs> I've I did. Done, I did that. I did that. I've done that. I've done the reading. I've gotten up and done something else. I've gotten up and cleaned the cat litter box. I've gotten up and done all these things without turning on many lights because you know you're trying to do that. I've taken melatonin. I hate the way that makes me feel. Mm-hmm. So trying to figure out some of these 
things that are causing disrupted sleep and looking at my age, my gender, and what's probably happening, then I've kind of decided maybe maybe it's what I've been doing mm-hmm. has worked and worked and worked, and now it just doesn't. <laughs> That's my conclusion. Well, because we, we talked about, you know, your, your hormones are, for a woman, they're going to change. Yeah. And when that happens, what's the most common thing that women talk about? You get sleep disorders. Yeah, sleep issues. And, have sleep disorders. Insomnia. So what have I been doing? Well, I've been doing a lot of intermittent fasting. We get up. We have our fat coffee. We work out. We don't eat until about 11.30, maybe 12. And then I work out again in the afternoon. And then I eat one bigger meal in the evening. And that's it. So that's clearly not working. Clearly. So what I'm going to go back to do, and when I started today, I'm eating smaller meals, still staying very keto, Mm -hmm. but I'm breaking them up and having them more frequently. I had breakfast, which is so hard when you've been intermittent fasting. It is. It feels weird. It's hard to eat. It's hard to eat. It's like your stomach's like, hey, I don't don't need this. I'm, I'm full already. I know. I wake up and I don't have that hunger signal yet. It doesn't kick in until about 10 o'clock. Yeah. And so I had to force myself to eat, you know, I had a couple of eggs and a little bit of avocado and I had coffee and that seemed to make me feel better. And why is that? Well, if you ha- if it's a cortisol dysregulation problem, then when you eat breakfast in the morning, it kind of helps to to turn that cortisol off. And kind of bring it back down to a normal level. Mm-hmm. Does he need to go out? Uh, we'll know. see. We're going to keep yeah. going. So. We're, we're, we're having like the, you know, the dog start giving you the concerned look. Like, uh, I might need to visit the outside world. <laughs> uh, but we will see. We'll see. So, you know, that's the first thing that I'm doing different is I'm going to start incorporating smaller, more frequent meals. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, and that's important. And everybody is eventually at some point you're going to have, well, I currently don't have sleep issues. I lay down and, and I'm out and I could probably sleep for 10 hours straight. It's very frustrating for me. Yeah. Uh-oh. Okay. Uh-oh. Let's go ahead and pause for a second. Okay. All right. We're back. That was uh, extremely gross. <laughs> so, so what, what happened? I don't, I don't even want to talk about it. it <laughs> and something, sometimes the things that come out of dogs, you're just like, oh God. Yeah. I, I do. I do not want to see this. I already have. I can't unsee it. So I'm just going to have to, you know, talk about it in therapy. Oh, God. Okay. So we're back then. Back to sleep. Um, yeah. So I'm. when you are struggling with something like that, it can get really frustrating mentally and emotionally. So doing the physical things that I know that I can do and then trying to do some relaxation, relaxation things before bed to not get keyed up about the fact that I haven't been able to lay down and just fall asleep, which is, like I've said, so abnormal for me. Mm-hmm. It can be frustrating, especially when I just go to sleep and you had to stare at somebody that's asleep. It's frustrating. I know. And it's like 10 o'clock and I'm looking at it and I, I you know, I try not to be the clock watcher because they say that's really bad that's to do. Bad and too. it is mentally bad to do that. It's mentally frustrating. It makes it worse. So, but if I get up or if I do something and I realize it's 1230, 1 o'clock, 1.30, you've been asleep. I'm not. We're getting up at 645 <laughs> and then I'm like, crap, I'm not going to be able to work out. And it just starts getting, and sometimes I do work out anyway, which I know is bad. I know well, it's bad. You, get, you weigh that if it's, if it's you know, 
you've worked out quite a bit and then you've got that one time that you don't have any sleep, skip a workout. It's not a big deal. But if it's a continuous thing where it happens over and over and over again, you, you, you get frustrated and you're like, I can't not work out. That's what I do. I know. That is what I like to do. It's like my favorite hobby in the world. Right. Besides other things. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, so that's the sleep stuff. Everybody deals with it. If you have questions, you know, send them to us. Probably and, and don't we'll, ask me. Yeah. I, apparently, I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> Especially women around, you know, that, that time in your life where you're going to deal with some issues. No, I, it is. It's it's where you have to start really tweaking things and be comfortable with changing. And that was another thing about changing some of the things or the ways that I'm eating and contemplating even, even adding in some carbohydrates at different times to help with a sleep issue because I start feeling less than. Like, oh no, I'm not carnivore. Oh no, that's not keto. And you can't let that cripple you when you're having a, an issue like sleep because without the sleep, your brain doesn't clean itself out. Like, I always liken it to uh, when a computer does its defragmenting. Right, yeah. You know, you need to defragment at night. Yep. And when you can't do that, let everything else go and figure out what it is that's going to help you get there and don't get locked into, I have to be keto, I have to be carnivore. Right. You and that's want, important. You want to be healthy, so just do what you know makes you healthy. So uh, something else about our San Antonio trip that I wanted to talk about was we, we, uh, we discovered a, a farmer's market. Oh, it was so cool. Yeah, so if you're <laughs> if you're down in San Antonio and it was around the Pearl area. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's a, an up and coming. It, and then the area was great. I mean, they have apartment buildings and restaurants and coffee shops and all kinds of really cool stuff. I was impressed. Yeah, and since we were there on a Saturday, we stumbled on the farmer's market and we saw some really interesting things. We did. And, and this is great news because... You know, you see the outside sources that people are pushing a lot of like Beyond Meat and the end of meat and, and vegan whatever, you know, which we write off as just total lunacy. But you, you get the impression that that's where everybody's going. But you go to the farmer's market and what do you find? I was It was really cool because there were so many local farmers mm-hmm. that were there with booths and they were, there was grass-fed beef. There was heritage-raised pork, um, pastured lamb, all kinds of different meats and chick, you know, chicken um, with people who had where you could buy it directly from them right mm-hmm. there. And then you had some people who I think you could order it, different things like that. But most of them had their big coolers and they were selling it right there. So, and there was more meat than anything else. Mm-hmm. And it was all very well, you know, we talk about farmers and how they, you know, they care for their animals. And and most of them are that way. They care for their animals. They ethically raise animals. And yeah, we, we are raising them and we're going to kill them and eat them. But hey, you know, th- that's, that's the circle of life. I know. And then what was great was if you are carnivore or you are someone who's keto and you've been concerned about like, oh, should I eat organ meats? The cool thing about going someplace like that is if that's what you're into and want to have, then those they butcher, like, everyone we talked to, it was like, we do nose to tail. So if you want heart, if you want, you know, kidneys, if you whatever you want, we do the entire animal. Mm-hmm. And then whatever's left over, some of them were making, like, we bought some sausage, some cured sausage, some, uh, it was, uh, well, sausage. 
from yes, Wagyu deli- beef, yeah. breastfed Wagyu beef. It was sausage. delicious sausage too. Smoked sausage. It was oh, it was so good. It was so good. Mm-hmm. We so, ate that on the way home. So that's a positive thing when you go when you when you hear all this outside noise, but you go and you actually see things that are actually happening. You know, all these farmers bringing bringing the meat to market. Uh, that's a good trend that you see in society. And, you know, that, that's something that everybody should think about is, is shopping local. You hear that all the time. But if you can find local farms, you know, yeah. that, are, that are making local meat and just make it a, a habit of somehow to purchase your meat from them or your milk or your eggs or whatever, that really helps. It does. And, and you know, when we turn on, uh, we were going to watch something on YouTube and we saw the, it was a vegan news thing that said, uh, the end of meat. And I just was like, no, not really. Because there were like two stands <laughs> there that had like leeks and carrots and different kinds of vegetables. And then there were like a crap ton of farmers with grass-fed, pasture-raised organic meat. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It was crazy. Oh, man. Somebody's like weed-eating or something outside. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. Okay, well, enjoy the weed eater. Um, uh, other, things, other things um, we talked about is, uh, so uh, talking about on tr- just focusing on trends, is we were talking about earlier about, uh, you know, when you had your first child, the mm-hmm. advice that you got from the pediatrician and, how, and how, how poor that advice was. Because we run into this all the time about people say, well, my doctor said, or this is the way it's always been, um, you know. Just because that's the way it's always been doesn't mean it's correct. Okay, so yeah, we were talking about this earlier, and I had I had my oldest son in 1993, and when I was getting discharged from the hospital, they gave me a flat of Infamil formula, and I remember them saying to me, you know, here I am, I'm 22 years old, and they're they're like. Okay, so this is super convenient. This is way easier than doing, you know, breastfeeding because it's it, you can just take the top off, screw on the sterilized nipple, and you don't have to boil bottles, nothing. It's already all done for you. And they pushed that on me. Yeah. And, you know, so I thought as a young mom, oh, this is what you're supposed to do. I yeah. didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> right. And how are you supposed to know? If you're a young mother and you're going to the doctor... And your 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 doctor, your pediatrician is telling you that this is good, yeah. you know, that you can do this. Then of course you're going to do it. Right, keto train. Yep, the keto train's rolling by. Yeah, fat, dumb, and happy. Well, if you're driving, the train's here, not there, probably, <laughs> unless you're by a train track. <laughs> unless you're somewhere in Texas, and there's always a train somewhere. Right. So with that, you know, they send me home with this Infamil. Well, lo and behold, my son cannot tolerate the formula. And begins to exorcist projectile vomit every time he eats. Yeah, that's and a problem. Yeah. So I go back to the pediatrician and they're like, oh, okay. Well, instead of encouraging me to breastfeed, this is what I got. Well, you need to switch to soy formula because soy. that will be better because he's not tolerating the milk. So let's give him soy. And I didn't know. I'm have, I have a pediatrician telling me this is what I need to do. So what did I do? I did it. And did the vomiting get better? Not really. It just stunk <laughs> a lot worse. <laughs> it was so bad. It just added to the aroma of a small child throwing up. Yeah. And I did breastfeed for a little while. But anybody who's ever breastfed, Steve? No. Nope. 
<laughs> so, I have nipples, Falker. Can you milk me? So anyone who's ever breastfed and tried to bottle feed or anything like that, once you start bottle feeding, it's very difficult to switch back and forth or to switch back to breastfeeding. And maybe it's not, but as a 22-year-old mom, I thought that it was because I wasn't. I was ignorant, mm. <laughs> and I was new at this. Yeah, and that's and that. Looking back now, it, it's nothing like that. And you talked about the difference from your first child to the last oh, child. Oh, from '93 to '96. So when I had my daughter in '96, I had a lactation specialist come in to help me learn how to breastfeed. So that was the difference between those three years. Maybe it was the hospital. I don't know. It was a different hospital too. So, but the difference was dramatic. It was like, no, you breastfeeding is dumb. Don't do that. Here, use this Infamil to, hey, we're bringing in a lady. She's going to help you. And I was like, that's weird, but okay. And, um, <laughs> you know, it, it became normal. Mm-hmm. Then, which it should be because it, it is be very normal. natural. There's a reason why you make milk; it's to feed your baby. Yes, correct. <laughs> so uh, you know trends like that were uh, you know doctors thought that that was the, what you should be doing, and it turns out that's very horrible because because didn't you know you know Casey have issues? Okay, so my oldest son, after you know I fed him the Infamil, then I fed him the soy Infamil, um, and then. You know, then they told me to give him rice cereal very mm. early. And we started off as sugar burners for sure. <laughs> and he developed asthma by the time he was two. Asthma, and, had allergies. <clears throat> severe allergies, always with a runny nose. We couldn't go anywhere that had any kind of farm animal or domesticated animal of any kind. It was just, he couldn't even make it through a half day of kindergarten at first. And, you know, it was really difficult because I look back now, it's hard because I look back now and I see a lot of those things that I was encouraged to do as a new mom actually caused a lot of these problems that mm-hmm. he dealt with his whole childhood. Exactly. It was it was poor advice. And, and a lot of people, I mean, you know, I, I know uh, I had the same thing with, with my kids. We talk about the nutritional deficiencies growing up because... Uh, you know, they recommend that you give them apple juice is a great example of something you should never give your child. And and we did that too. And and I, and my <laughs> both of my kids had a lot of apple juice because that was pushed as a healthy, uh, you know, drink. We, then you know, give them milk and apple juice and water. Well, if you start giving a kid apple juice, like that's it. They don't want water ever again. No, and and that that's that's all she wrote. Then they just want the apple juice with the sugar and more sugar. And more sugar. Exactly. You know, and it's interesting because you go to the doctor, and we've talked about this before, many times you leave with some sugar. They give you a sucker. Yeah. Because you came to the doctor. Here, here's your stick of poison. Here's your, Enjoy. Here's your treat. Yeah. Glad you came. Right. A company, and we're giving you this sucker so you'll come back very soon. Right. And the saddest part is that they don't even know that. They don't understand. That's what they're doing. They're giving you... The thing that's making you sick as you walk out the door. Which is why we're saying maybe question some of these things. Maybe think about what the doctor's telling you because <clears throat> we get that, trust me, all the time. I just had someone send me a uh, message this morning about soy and it was like one of those, you know, whole memes of soy and, and all the things that it does that are really bad for you. And and uh, and I said, yeah, soy is bad for you. We know that, especially for men. It's horrible for you. And uh, her response was, I gave this to babies. 
Yeah, and that's when we had our conversation. I was like, me too, did the same thing. And then I drank soy milk, you yeah. know. So why, why, did, why, why did I do that? Well, all of these things are come down from recommendations from the medical community. Right. And obviously not all doctors are lumped in with this. We know some fantastic doctors, like we always say. But when you're talking about dietitians uh, and doctors and people, when they start talking to you about what you're supposed to eat and everything, well, these are the same people that tell me to give soy milk to my child, apple juice to kids, mm-hmm. um, that give you a lollipop when you leave the, you know, a sucker when you leave the office, and tell you to eat low fat, tell you to eat lots of carbs, tell you you need these five fruits and vegetables a day. Yes. They tell you to avoid red meat. They tell you to avoid saturated fat. So now do you we see why we should be questioning these Right. Things. So if, if you're working with a dietitian or a doctor and they're telling you to avoid saturated fat or red meat and it's just calories and you got to exercise and eat your five a day, you know that person is operating off uh, information that's 40, 50 years old. Yeah, and it's and you're looking at it and you're like, wow, it's so counterintuitive as a human being because what are when you look back at human history, it's like we could learn more from just looking at cave paintings mm-hmm. than we can from listening to most medical advice. Yep, and that's scary. It is scary. It's frightening it, because you know that's when you know that you got to follow the money. Where does it all go back to? And then, and then we can get into one of Steve's conspiracy theories about about how we got here. But you know, dentistry, for example, is a new occupation. Uh huh. Yeah. You know, dentistry has not been around for so long, and and we use the example of Weston A. Price, who was who was a dentist, mm-hmm. and he had heard of these these uh, uh, tribes who had no dental caries, no cavities. So what did he do? He he traveled around the world looking at all these tribes. And was wondering why they didn't have cavities. Well, they all ate a traditional diet, whatever was traditional for them. Uh, you know what they didn't have? They didn't have fluoride in their water. No, they didn't supplement fluoride. No. They didn't add it to the water. Uh, you know, if there was naturally occurring chemicals and compounds in spring water from the natural ground, that was that was what they had. Mm-hmm. But we we obviously we come along and we go well if that if a little bit of that is good then a whole hell of a lot of it must be better right and and that you know and there are some examples of, of a topical fluoride on your teeth being being uh, you know protective and you can read studies on both sides of the fluoride conversation uh, but we're adding something to our water now where do you go with that I mean we read a story where up in I want to say is the northwest in Washington where Somebody wanted to add statins to the water. Right. They were like, well, everybody's cholesterol is high. Let's just add statins to the water for everybody. Well, that would go, think about this. Now you've got someone like me who's feeding their baby formula, and maybe they're reconstituting a powdered formula with fluoridated and statinized water. Now this baby is growing up with fluoride and statins and all kinds of crap in the water. Mm -hmm. That's scary. That's scary stuff. Yeah. So you want to be aware of that kind of stuff. Like you need to be aware of, uh, is your water fluoridated, you know? Um, you know, and I think pretty much everybody in the U.S., if you're drinking piped in mm-hmm. municipal water, you're getting it. You're getting the fluoride. Can you get get it out? Yeah, you got to have pretty good filters right. to get that out. Yep. You can but, put a whole house filter on. I've looked into doing that. 
Yeah, we have looked into it. Because we don't do fluoride. Well, like, we buy fluoride free toothpaste. My teeth haven't fallen out yet. So, <laughs> so I've know, I've never had a cavity ever in I my life. I think that's so awesome because I was a cavity head. Well, I, uh, I never had a cavity. <laughs> I ate mostly meat as a kid. I hated fruits and vegetables. I didn't hardly eat them at all. Uh, I didn't eat a lot of, you know, sugary sweets. They were never in the house, and I didn't buy them very much. So... So looking back on it, it, for mostly I ate I ate meat and avoided uh, sugar, mm-hmm. and I've just I've never had a cavity. Yeah, I had all the sugar you didn't have, <laughs> and all the fruit and all the vegetables that you didn't have, and probably not near as much meat. And I didn't like pasta. Oh yeah. So so I didn't like macaroni and cheese or spaghetti or any of that stuff. So I did a lot of nights where I didn't eat because you know it goes the you know. This is what we're having. You eat it or you don't. I'm like, well, okay. Well, maybe I'll just maybe I'll intermittent fast, mother. Maybe I'll just <laughs> skip this meal and eat again tomorrow. Well, you probably got into ketosis a lot then. Might have, but you know, look. But also, I ate sugar bear and frosted flakes, and those were my my breakfast cereals that I had basically every day. Yeah. So I think a lot of us grew up on cereal, you mm-hmm. know, because yep. it was the convenience food, and it like we said, it's so interesting, like watching. Mad Men, because we've been watching that series yep. and seeing the, the advertising and how they figured out how to, and they still do this to us, how how can they make it something we can't live without? Right. How do they show us the convenience or the merit of it? And cereal was easy. It was like, you're busy. <laughs> this yep. is easy. It's fortified. It has all the minerals and vitamins you need for the day. Just pour it in a bowl and eat it. You know, you know, I see the same thing in, in car ads now. There'll be car ads that that say absolutely nothing about the car. It's more of a lifestyle ad. You yeah. know, they'll show, you know, things that you like or that are appealing and all this other stuff. And you're like, what is this commercial about? And then they show a picture of a car at the end like, that's it. They don't even tell you what kind of car it is. They don't even tell you, like, like the information <laughs> I want to know. Like, you know, how, how much horsepower does it have and how many people can it hold and how far can it drive? What kind of gas mileage does it get? They don't tell you any of that. They just... They just try to give you this image of, they associate, like they say, happiness with the product. Right. Exactly. And that's that's really interesting because that's, that's a lot of the things we do and eat and the way we live is just based on that marketing. And I always, I like that we've gotten away from watching commercial TV mm-hmm. yep. because I don't feel that press anymore it's so often that when I do see a commercial, I'm like, oh, God, I remember why I hate that. <laughs> I know. They're just selling to me. Obviously, they're selling to me. They're marketing to you, you know? Yeah, and, and I realize how much I don't need, you know? Right, you don't need that. And, and, and that's the thing is you're always being sold to. Uh, if you're listening to the radio, all the ads are on there. You know, the DJs do their local ads for whatever weight loss or, or you know, low T. I hear low T all the time on the radio. It's crazy. Um, yeah. Low, low testosterone and weight loss are the two biggest commercials that I hear on, like, you know, local radio. Exactly. And, you know, what what happens? People hear it all the time. And, and I've been in the car with you. And if it's on ESPN, those commercials are coming on consistently. Mm-hmm. They're, like, very often, yep. like, on repeat. And what happens is someone hears it and hears it and hears it and then finally goes, fine, I can't, I can't take it anymore. I want that. <laughs> You've beat me down enough. I'll do it. And... and Sometimes you don't realize that that's what's happened to you, that you've mm-hmm. seen it so much, heard it so much, that finally you just cave. And I 
think, you know, this can circle back around to when I was given the the big batch of formula when leaving the hospital. Like, they're telling me the convenience, not the health benefits. Right, the convenience. They never sold me, like, this is healthier for your baby. They sold me on the convenience. Like, you want to do this because it's way better for you. They must have got, like, I'm sure the hospital got, like, a huge shipment of formula. Well, they gave you all these coupons. There's another keto train. Another keto train. What I find interesting is how the trains, they don't use their horn the same. Yeah. One of them's like, beep, beep, bah, 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 beep. Other guy's like, bah, bah. I mean, they're not the same, you know. It's a different personality of conductors. Like, hey, you know. You know, come on. They are, they are showing their personality through well, the horn Okay, so I did this research on what they're supposed to do. And there is a certain pattern of train whistle they're supposed to follow. Really? Yes. It's in the book. Yeah. And uh, they don't do it. Just letting you know. So if you're a train conductor out there, hey, you should be following the rules because I want a quiet zone outside my house. That's what I want. Yeah. Well, if I'm asleep, here's the thing. Back to my sleep real quick. When I'm asleep. <laughs> We're talking about I, trains here. Come I on. never hear the train. <laughs> but when I can't sleep, I will tell you, they don't try to be any quieter at night. They don't try to lessen their horn blowing. In fact, it seems like at night when I've been up, they honk a little longer and a little louder. It's like <laughs> they're sure doing it, it on purpose. No, <laughs> seriously, I'll be in here and I'm like, what the heck, man? I mean, do you need to blow it like 10 times? That's crazy. In the middle of the Everybody's night? asleep. You know, it's just, it's not that big of a railroad crossing. It, it's it's, it's not really small, and it has the little well, arms with the lights and all that stuff. I don't. That's our tirade about. That's our tirade about trains. But hey, we bought a house next to a train track. What are we gonna do? Complain. <laughs> <laughs> so. Okay. Well, all right. Well, okay. I'm complaining. Yeah. So no, the soy. I'm pretty sure that they did get a deal with Infamil because they the uh, the formula because I had so many coupons and like here order it and all these brochures and it was just crazy and you know I have a friend who is in the hospital this week with some procedures and she was posting some pictures everything they're giving her on her liquid diet is literally sugar bombs like she's getting all these popsicles these like you know so hospitals, they, they have deals with these people. They do. You know, and, and they the formula, the, the popsicles, the juices, all these different things. There's, mm-hmm. And they we, give you sugar right after surgery. We had that issue. We, we had our, our son was in the hospital for a, a, you know, a, a stomach problem we dealt with, and we ordered an omelet. We thought, hey, an omelet. You can't go wrong with just an omelet and no juice, just water. And they brought the almond on a plate, and in a bowl beside it, there was two sugar packets. It's like for what? We're like what? What is this for? Why did you? Why did you give me two sugar packets with an omelet? Are you? And you look at the person and go, "Are you trying to kill people? Is that what you're doing here?" It's amazing. They're like, "You can't live without sugar." Well, we thought you'd like some sugar on your omelet, you know. But it is. It's a reason why you have to question things. Why you have to ask questions. 
And the biggest thing is, you know, ask about your, you know, if you get offered these medications, because they're mm-hmm. offering them like yes. drug dealers yep. on a street corner. They are. So you have to ask questions about it. Like, do you know what nutrients this depletes in my body? Because all medications deplete certain nutrients in your body. Mm-hmm. They steal nutrients. Yep. So if your doctor doesn't know any of that, this is a good time to go, hmm, maybe I need to to you, check this out a little further. You need to always be informed. Um, you know, and a good example is the, is, the, is the Oxycontin problem going on in, you know, in the United States. You go to a doctor and you tell him your back hurts and he's just going to give you some Oxycontin or some pain medication. Well, Hopefully not all of them. Well, but that's, that's not going to fix your that. back. That does nothing with fixing your back. No. And, and it's the same thing like when we were talking about the fluoride. This is a topical solution or, you know, they're going to put it in the water or the statins, but this is masking a, a problem. What was the problem with the fluoride? Oh, People are having tooth decay. Well, let's not bother with finding out why people are having tooth decay. Right, right. Let's just fix it by adding something else to the water that yeah. we're not really sure what it actually D- does. Yeah, don't tell people to stop eating sugar altogether because that hurts profits. Let's let's add something and, to the water that increases our profits. You know, and who knows? I, I've read a little bit of history on the fluoridation of water, but... You know, some of it is that it's a byproduct of aluminum or fertilizer production, which is like, whoa, okay, so let's put that in the water. That sounds legit. And well, it, it can also be a a, a, a a neurotoxin and an endocrine disruptor. So it can cause neuro, neurological problems and and disrupt your hormones. So. You know, there's two sides to the argument, and you just got to be aware. Well, and I guess the just the amazing thing is the question doesn't get asked of why are these people getting cavities? What are they eating? Because your teeth are made of what you eat uh, from you know birth on. Like your teeth are developed, so mm-hmm. let's figure out from the beginning what's going on here. Well, and that goes back to I don't think I finished the story about Weston A. Price and uh-huh. his his discovery of uh, you know they were on their traditional diets, which meant they didn't have any sugar. Or flour. That's what they did not have. Yeah. So it was well documented that societies that contained no sugar or flour in their diet had no cavities. But, of course, nobody went there. Nobody said, oh, we should tell people to not eat sugar and flour because that's why they're getting cavities. No, let's add fluoride to the water because there's a theory that that reduces cavities. Did you know that the first time they did it in the U.S., they just did it in Grand Rapids, Michigan? They added fluoride to the water? I don't. It doesn't say that they told the people. <laughs> That they did it. So that, that doesn't shock me if they no, didn't tell anybody. Like, they didn't tell you, hey, we're going to add um, fluoride to your water to see what happens. So if anybody has any negative side effects that start happening, like maybe you start having diarrhea or vomiting or, vomiting or anything. So there's no. multiple incidents where that where the people got fluoride poisoning, an entire community, and they had the entire community had diarrhea and vomiting. So I didn't know that. Yeah, you can, you can look at it on the interwebs. It's is there. It, is it worth a Google? It's worth a Google. But that is that is the reason why you should ask. And sometimes things are done that are out of your control, like mm. people in Grand Rapids, Michigan, who got fluoride, fluoride, fluoridated, <laughs> fluoridated. <laughs> they, you they you were, fluorided me. You fluorided me without my knowledge. And that's, that's terrifying. It is, you know, know? and when they talk about putting statins in the water, I mean, come on. It's like they could do it without telling you. They can't anymore. And everybody's becoming way more informed and it's great because we're questioning all the, these things that have been, uh, you know, that's the way they've been for 50 years. Uh, everyone now is questioning them. And I think that's great. It is. 
So questions to ask yourself this week. What am I doing that my doctor told me that maybe I should question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, maybe uh, if there's something that's not working in your diet anymore, don't get stuck on being, oh, I have to be carnivore. I have to be keto. Right. I have to intermittent fast. That's a big one that I see. I see a lot of people with the, I, I have to intermittent fast because of autophagy. Mm-hmm. And I have to intermittent fast because... You know, that's how I'm going to heal my insulin resistance or, which is all true. It's all true. Yes, that's all true. But if it's not working for you, don't, don't get stuck with it. Yeah. If it's, if it's a while down the road and things are negative, like sleep or recovery from exercise or anything like that, then you have to look at it and say, maybe I need a break from this Mm -hmm. and do something different for a little while. That's what I'm doing. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. <laughs> yeah. don't, or don't be like Luke the Golden Doodle and be afraid of your own farts. I don't know. That was so funny. My own farts scare me. If I could have videoed that and just put that up for people to see, it would. it's just so funny. I have the same problem. <laughs> anyway, so, so, so I think that kind of wraps it up. We bounced all over the place with this one. So uh, I, hope, I don't know. It seems I hope some of it made sense, you know, maybe. <laughs> But uh, hey, regardless, we're, we're glad you tuned in. Uh, we hope you have a great day. Go out there, eat fat, and prosper. Thanks for listening to the Tasco Kitchen. Hit subscribe and leave us a review. Don't forget to send your questions to btkquestions at gmail.com and visit our website, thetacticalkitchen.com.